Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, church, and I just, I pray that you had an awesome week. Uh, it, you know, it's just amazing how God just continues to bless us all the days of our lives, and yeah, today's another day for me. Uh, it's a b- big birthday for Daniel Henson, and I'm still alive, so I, I praise God for that. He's given me the opportunity to, uh, to live a life. He's blessed me with a wonderful church, wonderful family, and, and I just can't say enough this morning about how much that I love my God and how, ble- how much of a blessing that He is to me. And so, you know, this morning as we're talking about um, a-, a lot of things in this world that are going on, and there's, there's tragedy everywhere, isn't there? There's bad things happening. There's, uh, it seems like that this is a time and place that the church needs to be a friend to the world. I think we need to be loving people. I think that when we look at the world, that we don't look at them in such a judgmental way. I'm not saying that's not part of it. We need to be able to see what sin is and, and that sin kills us, right? We need to understand that. But we also, we need to be a, a friend to the world so that they can know Jesus. That's what we're called to. The, the idea that you and I today are, are, are saved, that's a blessing, I, I, I can't be any more happier if, uh, if someone, you know, uh, told me anything better. I don't think it'd be any better than it is now because of what Jesus has done for me. And I think as you and I are here today that we need to make sure that we are friends to those around us. You're friends to the people in your fellowship here at First Baptist. You're friends to the people in your neighborhoods or in your families or in your town or in your state or in your nation or in your world. We need to be people who are friends. And the only place that we can get a good picture of what a true friend is, is Scripture. You know, we read in Scripture where a, a, a true friend is, is like a brother that lays his life down. But there's no greater, no greater sacrifice that a person can do but lay themselves down. Yesterday, um, my, my, my family took me on, a, on a, hol- a holiday, I guess, but they took me on a birthday adventure um, this past weekend. And uh, we started off at Oklahoma City Zoo on Friday and then uh, yesterday we went to the firefighter museum, and I was just in hog heaven there, of course, you know. And and uh, and, and then and then after that we went to the uh, the 45th Infantry uh, Museum in Oklahoma City as well, and it was just amazing to see that. Um, and as we're walking through, particularly the the firefighter museum and the um, the 45th Infantry Museum, they have a lot of areas that are dedicated to people who have given their lives for for their country or for their their communities. And, and, I, and I look at that and I think about how much of the time do we just not really love the world? How much of the time are we just really not concerned? Yesterday there was a shooting in El Paso, Texas. How many of us were not even affected by that when we heard it? And I get it, you know, we, it, it happens all the time. There was another shooting last night in, up north in Ohio, I believe. And, and you know, and we hear this news and it's like we're not even affected by it. But the truth of the matter is, is we are to be compassionate people. That this ought to deeply affect us. That you and I as, as believers in Jesus Christ, we, we, we ought to want to, to help in some way. To be a, to be a factor in this society. To be a changing factor in this society, that's what God has called us to. So when we're here today, you know, we, we, I don't want us just to leave here just saying, well, it was good to be in church, but, but I want us to leave here uh, with, with a heartfelt emotion saying, God, I want to be a friend to the world. I've got some buddies that are passing out some paperwork right now. It's just a little, it's just a little kind of note sheet, and and I thought that this might kind of help us. And um, I'm a notes person. I like to take notes. If you if you don't want one, you don't have to take one. But if you're a notes person and you you you'd like to have this, um, it's just kind of an outline for this morning's service. And 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 I I I pray that it helps us to to develop um, our friendships with those around us. It's just kind of a reminder. Maybe once we get finished today, you could take it home and stick it on your fridge or stick it up in your visor in your vehicle or, or, or something like that. And if we run short, I can get you more copies later. But we see a scripture um, here today that teaches us about what true friendship is, what true friendship is all about. And I look here, and, it's, and if you'll go ahead as they're passing that out, First Samuel chapter 18, we see the story of David and Jonathan. And the world tries to misconstrue this story. They try to say all kinds of bad stuff about this story, but I want us to look about what the creator of the universe wants us to know about how our friendships should be. 
about what it is to be a true friend to the world and a true friend to your, uh, to your friends and to your family and to your church family. There's a, there's a prescription here as to how we are to do this. If you look here in 1 Samuel chapter 18, it tells this story, just five verses. So, so stick with this. Hear every bit. We're going to go back and hit each and every verse again with a point. But it, it starts out, it says, As soon as he had finished, and this is speaking of David, David had went to speak with the king, remember, and, and showed him basically the head of Goliath. He had went to the king and said, Hey, you sent me to battle, and I went and I did what you, what you asked, what you allowed First Samuel chapter 18, verse 1, As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Saul took him that day, speaking of David, and would not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him, and he gave it to David and his armor, and even his sword, and his bow, and his belt. And David went out and was successful wherever Saul sent him, so that Saul set him over the men of war, and this was good to the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Fathers, we are here, God. Our hearts hurt because there are people in this world who do not understand what friendship means. Lord, my heart goes out to those in El Paso, those in Ohio, um, those are the other shootings that happen. Lord, for those that starve to death in our world today, for, for those that die outside of church doors because the church will not reach out to them, God, I just pray that you would burden us with a desire to go forth into the world and to be a friend and to tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we read this passage of Scripture, we understand that, that this can only be accomplished through knowing you. This can only be accomplished by putting you first in our lives. And I ask today, God, that you would just quicken in us a spirit to go forth and to be a friend to the world. And Lord, help us to understand that you're the friend above all friends. You're the one that went to dark Calvary for us and died on the cross so that you could be our king and we could know you fully. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being that king of kings and that Lord of lords. You truly are good. In your most holy name, amen. Amen. We see this story, and I, and I, and I, 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 I kind of alluded back to the, you know, at the beginning here, um, uh, this fact that the world has tried to make this like a story of unnatural love between men. And I've just got to start it off, and Jim, I see you shaking your head, because it's, it's, if you study this story, and I know you have, Jim, but if you guys have studied this story, uh, you'll see people trying to explain it in that way. I've actually read an article this week where there was a man trying to um, condone homosexuality based on this story. But this is not the story of Scripture that we get here. You know, actually, uh, if you want to mark, and I think I put it on the note sheet there, um, this, this kind of explains it to me, why people want to misconstrue the Word of God. They want to change what it's saying here. And if you look here in, in Titus, and I, did, I didn't put this up, Jeff, so you guys, if you turn it to there, if you want to, Titus comes um, there towards um, the end of the New Testament, right after 2 Timothy. But in Titus chapter 1, starting with verse 15, it says, To the pure all things are pure. But... To the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny Him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. For those who are pure, and I just kind of want us to think about that as we go into this study this morning. For those that are pure of, of thoughts... For example, the believers, amen? We try to be pure of thoughts. For, for us, we look for purity in everything. But for those that are defiled, when they see a story, they automatically just defile it right there. 
That's the world taking over here. And, and, and I, I bring this up not to be a, you know, a, a bigot or, or someone just trying to bring up a topic in our society today, but, but I want us to understand, and I want you guys, as you read this story, and maybe as you share this story with people around you, that you're able to give them a reason as to why this story exists. It is not there to condone sin. It is there to show us what a true friendship is truly about. Why in the world would God put in his, in his perfect book a story of homosexuality? He wouldn't. But when you look in this story, we see a picture of, of what it is to be a true friend to someone else. It's what it is to be a true friend to someone else. And, and, and I love this because I, I think that what this world needs is more friends. Do you think a 21-year-old a in El Paso would have shot up a Walmart if he had true friends? I'm not condoning or, or taking away from what he's done. He did a very bad thing, and I think we all could agree with that. But a breakdown in friendship somewhere along the way led him just to look at everyone as an enemy. And that's not the way we are to be. And you in the church need to understand this as well, that we are not enemies because one person votes one way and one person votes another. You're not. This is not what we're called to. You are not called to, to base enemies on skin color. You're not. You're not called to base your enemies on, on what denomination or what church they go to. And I see it in our fair little town where churches seem to want to compete against each other. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And, and I hate that. And, and, and honestly, you know, I think as a, as a pastor, like sometimes I just don't want to deal with it, you know? I'm just like, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want, it's not a competition. I'm not trying to outdo you. I'm not trying to get more Facebook views or, or sell more books or have more people sitting in my pews. As a, as a minister of the gospel, my job is to get more people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they for, can forever be changed. That's what I'm called to. I'm called to be a friend to the world. I'm called to, to show people the way to Jesus Christ. But yet we see it everywhere, don't we? A lack of friendship in this world. And, and for you and I today, we, we have the ability to, to friend people. We have the, the ability to love people and to show them a true relationship and that it's based in knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. David and Jonathan, as we're looking here, they were true friends. And in that first verse, we read where, where it says that, that, that their souls were knit together. And I, I'll grant you, that's a, that's a pretty intimate type thing. But I think if you've ever had a true friend, that's about how you would describe it. I grew up, I had friends growing up, and if, if people saw me, they saw them. I had buddies in high school that we didn't do anything apart from each other. You know, we'd go cruising 12th Street in Moore, Oklahoma together. We all know kind of what that's about, but we are called to be that way towards each other, that we are, are not just friends just by saying it. Don't just say, well, I go to church with that person. But I, but I think it's a shame sometimes that even within the church, we really don't know the people around us because we haven't given them a chance. We haven't given them a chance. The first point, if you'll look there in this, it says great relationships begin when we have a great relationship with God. Great relationships begin when we have a great relationship with with God. Jed, if you'll flip back a few there. We got, the, we got the slides for these, bud. Great relationships begin when we have a great relationship with God. Guys, we can't be the perfect friend if we do not know God. This is what it comes down to. We can't have a relationship with, with, with the world like we're intended to if we don't know God personally. And the only way that we can know God personally is through Jesus Christ. And by his atoning death on the cross that we are able to have that bridge between us and God because of sin, that sin that lies there in between. And, and we're called to go forth and to be a friend to the world. Because we're through all of this, guys, we, we're, not able, we're not able to any respect be a true friend to the world if we do not know God first. And, and I have to ask this morning, how many of us in, the, in this church have a good, don't raise your hand, but how many of us have a great relationship with God? I believe in the church today that people, that we have an okay relationship with God. We're, we're pretty, you know, we go to church basically every Sunday, or, or we, we get involved basically sometimes. But, but the thing is, is that what we're called to as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to be great friends of God first. And if you know God, then, then, then things are going to happen. 
Think about David for a moment. How many of y'all think David had a closer relationship with his God? He did. And then you got Jonathan, right? I believe Jonathan had a close relationship with God. Because in this, we see that they, they saw the glory of God shown on a battlefield. And they were giving glory to him, and, and their souls were knit. In other words, they had the same makeup. They were cut from the same cloth. And we are called to be that type of person today, church. I want you to understand that, that, that we are called to be that way, but we need to be friends with God first. And so a great relationship to the world is going to start with a great relationship with God. Are you, are you pursuing that? Well, some people say, well, I don't know how to pursue a great relationship with God. Okay. That's a, that's a fair thing because honestly in this world today we see lots of ways to God. People saying well, you can go this way to God and you can go this way to God. I, I did something I hadn't done in a long time this week and I got in a Facebook debate this week. I kind of quit a few years ago because it, it, has anybody ever been changed, their mind been changed through a Facebook debate, you know? And, and I got, I had a friend of mine, he's a pastor and he posted a, an empowering statement and somebody was right there nitpicking it all along the way nitpicking adverbs and verbs, and he's just breaking it all apart. He's parsing it word for word and saying that basically your call to action, brother, could lead people away from God. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let that one stand. I got, I got to comment. There's still a little bit of punk in me, and I, you know, I, 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 I got to talk to this guy. But it really didn't change anything. But what I saw from a, a seemingly believing Christian, said he was, was nothing but hate for those who had liked or even commented on the post or shared it. Severe hate. And church, I want to tell you something. That doesn't come from knowing a Almighty God. If you know God, you understand that God so loved the world. And so I'm called to do what? To love the world. I'm called to be a friend to the world. And, and we have to have that deep, that deep covenant relationship with Jesus Christ. We need that. If you don't have that, it's hard to be, the, it's impossible, honestly, to, to be the best friend that you can be to those around you. We need a deep relationship with God. And that's how we have great relationships with people around us. That second point says great relationships are not solely based on similarities. Verse 2 there, we see kind of this picture. And I want you guys to understand, who was Jonathan? Saul's son, Saul's king, which would make... Jonathan, a what? A prince. And then along comes snot-nosed little David. <laughs> he was. Everyone, everyone thought, looked at him and they said, there's no way in the world. This kid, you know, what, what's he doing here? But besides all that, David, was David a prince? No. David was just a shepherd. That's it. And honestly, if, if, you, if you go into, like, customs of the times, okay, uh, a shepherd, if, if your family was poor, then as the youngest son, now you were the shepherd because they couldn't afford someone to take care of their sheep. So they weren't rich. Oh, Jesse wasn't a rich dude. He, you know, they did okay, but they weren't super rich. And so you have the prince here, and you've got the shepherd. They have nothing in common. And honestly, a lot of our... our our theologians will tell you that there was probably about a five-year difference between the two. There was a little bit of difference. And they base that on, you know, well, this guy that Jonathan had been fighting for a while, that, you know, he was a, he was a man of war and that kind of stuff. So there's a little bit of age difference here. And, and it makes sense to me. I would say, yeah, I agree with that. It doesn't matter. You got a prince, you got a shepherd. And yet, they're knit together at the soul. Here's what I want you to do. Everybody look around right now. We got people in here, you know, who bleed orange and black, right? We got people who, who bleed crimson and cream. I don't think we have anybody that bleeds that ugly orange, right? Okay, anyways. What? Everybody's different. Everybody's different, right? I want you to think about this today. We do not have to know each other and like everything about each other in order to be close with each other. And what do you mean by that, Daniel? Here's what I mean. I think people come to church and they think, well, and, and again, guys, I think small groups are great. I think if you love running, I think if you love sewing, I think if you love hiking, that these are good groups to, to get to know people like you. But don't limit yourself with friendships only to people that you like. I believe that 
we are not just called to friend people who have the same similarities as us. We need to like people of all types. Because I believe that's what we're called to, right? God so loved the what? So I believe we're to love the world. God, uh, great relationships are not solely based on similarities. You know, don't, don't just, don't be that person who walks up to someone and say, well, you know, they're this political leaning. Or they got this bumper sticker on their vehicle. Or, you know, they're this age. Don't be that person. But be a person who says, I'm going to be a friend to everyone that I meet. I'm going to be a friend to everyone that I meet because God is a friend to everyone that he created. So it, therefore, I need to be that type of person. And so don't base your relationships just on similarities. Well, we're the same age or we're all, you know, we're all Gen Xers or whatever, you know. Generation Y. Well, are they going to start over here in a couple of generations? I don't know what they're going to do because we're running out of alphabet. But the thing is, is that you and I need to understand today that we are not called just to like people that we have similarities with. We need to love all people. And guys, I got to tell you, you learn that lesson really quick. Here in America, we get in our churches, we get in our small groups, our Sunday school classes. You know, the youth, they got their thing, and the older adults got their thing, and the, the little babies, they got their thing. And there's all these little things going on within the church. But when you go on the mission field, you, all of a sudden you learn that everybody's just a sinner that needs a Savior. And we all got that in common. And so great relationships are not solely based on similarities. Don't sell yourself short just saying, well, I got to like people that look like me or the same age as me or go to the same church as me. Don't sell yourself short. Because great relationships are not just based on similarities. Those two guys, they loved God, but that was about where it ended. You got a, you got a prince, <laughs> and you got a shepherd. Not a lot in common there. And probably a big age gap there. But yet, because of what God had done, they were able to be great friends. And it kind of goes back to everything we've been saying, right? That, that it's, it all goes back to, to the fact that they had a great God, and then they didn't just base that on similarities. The next point says, great relationships thrive when God is in the center. God is in the center. Here's what I find in the church. That's the first one. Catch me here. Relationship. Need to have a but when you get in relationship with other people, you have friendships with other people. needs to be in the center as well. Christ needs to be in the center of you too. That, that, that what you do and what you talk about and your, your similarities, sure, that don't matter. But one thing you need to have in common is that Christ is in between both of you. And you look in that verse there, it says that they actually took a covenant with each other, Jonathan and David. They took their relationship seriously. Their friendship was serious that they actually, you know, said that, you know what, we'll never, we're never going to hurt each other, that we're going we're gonna to glorify God and what he's blessed us in in our friendship. You need to be a person that puts God in the middle of those friendships. How do you do that? Okay. How many of you got a friends here at the church? Okay. When was the last time you prayed with your friend here at church? That, man, that's a tough question, right? Well, we prayed in Sunday school. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about Sunday school. I'm not talking about Facebook sending prayers your way. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is, is you're just hanging out and you say, hey, look, maybe, maybe you, there's somebody in the church that's hurting or sick or something, and you guys just stop where you're at and you just pray. That's putting God in the center. Or when was the last time that you, just, you were just with friends here at the church and, and, and you just, just opened the Word of God and just read it? When was the last time you did that? I don't say this to guilt trip you. Here's what I want you to say. That as good as our relationships are here at Porum, First Baptist, they could be a lot better, couldn't they? If God was truly the center. And I know, man, we're working and we're doing missions and we're, you know, Awana's is coming up. You got all these things that are going on. But, but Jamie, you'll, you'll be truthful. It, it seems like we all come together and just work, 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 work. We don't have those times where we're just sitting down and just, man, breathing, you know? Just breathing and enjoying each other's company. We need that. And we need to put Christ right there in the center. And if we're really going to be good friends to each other within the church, then we need to put God in the center. If you're going to be good with the friends in your society, in your neighborhood, in your family, we need to be doing the same thing. That when you go and talk to them, I'm not saying go and just, you know, bash them over the head with your King James Bible, but you need to go and let them know who Jesus is. 
They need to understand where you stand in this world. That you are a person who's, who's, who has God in your center, and so you want to be friends with them, and, and you want God in the center of that relationship. Guys, I'll be honest, I've got a lot of friends who are unsaved. And I believe God has put, he's put them in my, in my, in my path here, you know, that we're friends and, and, and it's frustrating at times because I want them to know Jesus, but I'm just called to continue to preach the gospel to them. And I can get down and out, but I have to remember that the gospel is powerful enough to save people. That these people that I love, I dearly love them, they can know Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. And so I continue being a friend, and I continue putting Christ there at the forefront when they come to talk to me. I don't hide it. I don't okay their sin. I don't, you know, I'm not just dismissing what's going on in their life, but, but, but when I'm with them, I make sure that I know that they understand that, hey, there's a better way to live your life. There's a better way to live your life. And honestly, that's going to affect the way we do ministry here at First Baptist, isn't it? If we love the world, we're going to do ministry in a way that we can reach people and show them that Christ should be the center of their life. And that when Christ is the center of your life, man, you get drawn to people who have Christ as the center of their life. And God is glorified in that. Great relationships thrive when God is in the center. Uh, number four here says great relationships thrive when giving is practiced. Great relationships thrive when giving is practiced. There in verse four you read where, where Jonathan, he, he gives everything that he has to this stinky little shepherd. He gives his robe. Is, is, that, is that significant? Yeah. That robe was the robe of a prince. It represented power. It represented who he was in society. The armor, was that important? It was. That armor represented power. The sword represented power. The bow, man, any bow hunters in here, your bow is special to you, you know? My bow is not, nothing fancy, but it's my bow. I understand how it works. Like, I, I've got a feel for it. When I go to shoot it, I know exactly how it works. I know, I, I know that bow. And he gives that to David. These things he gave were very personal. And I believe in our lives that if we're going to be true friends, we need to be giving to those around us. And what do I mean by that? Here's the, here's the truth of the matter. We live in a society where everybody's trying to gather we're trying to just get, you know, things from other people around us. People are very selfish nowadays. Why do they shoot up Walmarts? Because they're selfish. They see things that they can't have or they don't like, and so what do they do? They destroy it. That's selfishness. That's not someone who's, who knows God. That's a shame, too. But the truth of the matter is you and I are called to be givers. We, we are called to give to those around us. You need to be sharing. And, and the truth of the matter is, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, you and I are, we're, we're prince and princesses of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we are equipped with all this stuff, and we should be giving all that stuff away to people. Do you know how to get to heaven? Does anybody here know? Okay, nobody does? Wow. Okay, I preached the wrong sermon today. I, I need to go back, right? How do we get to heaven? Yes. Why don't we share that? That's what we identify as, isn't it? Because of what Christ did on the cross, we are now new creatures in Christ. That guy I argued with this week, he said, you know, you can be saved, but you don't have to be bold. And I disagreed with him. If you're really saved, you're a new creature. So what are you going to do? You're going to do bold things. Well, no, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You can just get saved and just sit there. And I'm like, I don't know that you're saved if you can just sit there because I'll tell you something. I know Jesus, and I can't keep quiet about him. I know Jesus Christ, and I can't sit still about him. I, I don't come and preach a sermon every week because I'm like, well, Jesus is pretty cool. No, I cannot be quiet about the guy because of what he's done for me. and what they, None of us should be. That changes the way we do Awanas. We, I know kids are annoying, but the thing is, is that we do it week in and week out. Why? Because we know that Jesus can change their life. But there's power now. We shouldn't wait. Man, we should be, man, yeah. We ought to get up. I think everybody ought to just jump up and say, oh, we're all going to do Awanas this year. Woo! And we're all going to help out with the clothing drive. Woo! <laughs> 
We're all going to be a part of the missions team. We're all going to be a part of the worship team. We're going to have, you know, 120 people sitting on this stage worshiping Jesus. <laughs> but we don't. We don't do that. Why? Why don't we share? If you're, if you're a person who's been giving, you've been given the, the status of a prince or a princess of God, why don't you share that with people? That is a true friend. And a great relationships, they always thrive when you're a giving person, when you're helping them out. And I bet a lot of us, we have friends who are, they don't know how to get to heaven. If they were to die right now, they would go to hell. Yet we don't share. We don't share. There's a world that's dying and going to hell. And I, I, I hear it, <coughs> and I know it's like a, it's a factor. Mental illness is a factor in the United States. That's not the pure blame on these things, though. When people say, well, it's guns. <laughs> okay, I, you know, I could get real political here, I guess. But, oh, it's guns that are causing these things. Man, you know, when I was in junior high, people fought with fists. We didn't have guns. When I was in high school, there was a knife fight. Guns aren't the issue. Some of y'all are going to disagree, and that's fine. I'm not asking you to agree with me. But I'm saying, here's the bigger picture here. It's not solely mental illness. It's not solely guns. It's not solely racism. You know what it is? It's a lack of knowing God. That's it. People say, well, that's, you know, the world's going to say, well, that's, that's just religious talk. Well, Back to the verse we just read, right? Everything that is pure to them is already defiled. I'm giving you a pure nugget of knowledge that if the world knew Jesus, if the world followed God, these things wouldn't happen. Why do you say that, Daniel? Because here's what I understand, that when Jesus comes back and he sets up his new kingdom, every tear is going to be wiped away. You know why? Because everybody's going to be looking at the king of kings and not themselves. They're not worried about their depression. Is it a real issue? It is. Yeah, it is. Mental illness, is it a real issue? It is. Are guns an issue? They can be. <laughs> but I want you to understand today is that we're not called to focus on those things. We're called to focus on Jesus. And as a church, we can't just sit there, man, we get all political. Ugh. You know, I, I was kind of cracking up. You guys have probably all seen it. If you're a Facebook person or social media or you get on the news, either station, right? If you get on the news, okay, they're either blaming they're still blaming Obama for this, right? Or they're blaming Trump for this. You guys seen this? Hey, guess what? If there's another president here in the next eight years or four years or whatever, guess who they're going to blame? They're going to blame that guy or that lady, okay? Whoever it is. They're going to blame them. It can be really easy for the church to get lost in these pointless arguments. When we have the truth here, we ought to be givers. Giving the truth. Taking off those robes. Man, yesterday we went to the 45th Infantry Museum and I was blown away by something. You guys know my World War II like uh, thing right now where I'm just reading up on it. And we're walking through there and there's, you know, these guns from all these different eras and, and there's these tanks and there's these just, just beautiful, beautiful pieces of war, right? P things that had been actually like in these old World War II documentaries where you see them driving. These vehicles were there. There was a Jeep that uh, one, of the, one of the commanding generals of the 45th that actually when, uh, when we ceased operations in, in Korea, he actually rode in that Jeep and he brought it back to Oklahoma and rode the streets around Oklahoma City with the, with the governor at the time. But, he, but, but, I, but I've actually seen some of these video footage of, of the South Korea conflict. And this guy, I've seen that footage before and that was there, you know? We're walking through here, and I'm just amazed at all this neat stuff, and we get to this one little area, and it's just kind of got this weird feeling about it, you know? And I look up, and there's a great big standard of a, of a swastika. It was one that had actually flown over Hitler while he spoke. And then over here in a glass case, there was a dark, dark black cape. And they had a picture of Hitler wearing it. When they actually uh, busted in, and the 45th did a bunch of the work there in, in, in Germany, um, they had actually went into his apartment, and they found this hanging in the closet, and it was one that he had actually worn. And I mean, to look at this, this cape that such an evil person had worn, and, and that cape, you know what it represented? It represented power. 
I told my kids, I was like, man, you wonder where, like, you know, Star Wars gets a lot of their imagery. It's from World War II, you know? Darth Vader had that black cape, right? That it was, it was his thing of power. Church, as powerful as that was to me to see that and understand the hate that that thing represented, I want you to understand that you and I are clothed with lights, that we are clothed as prince and princesses of God, and we can go out here and we can be givers to the world. That's a true friend. That's a true friend. The last thing I wanted to look at this morning, and we'll kind of wrap it up here, but great relationships nurture us into being better. Great relationships nurture us into being better and to bringing glory to God. It says here that because of that giving, maybe David had a little bit of, I don't know what you call it, maybe he just felt a little bit better about himself, and, and Saul thought so much of him. And understand, David's still a kid at this point, right? He didn't grow up overnight. He wasn't all of a sudden, you know, a 25-year-old 20, war veteran. He killed one giant. And, and, and Saul puts him in charge of an army. And it says here that everywhere that David went, he succeeded. Now, now how did that happen? Now, we know that he was anointed to do this, Right? David was anointed. We understand that. We understand the fact that, that the king had given him uh, the okay to do this. But here's what I, I, I was, as I was reading this, I couldn't help but miss this point. I believe he was encouraged because he had a friend that was right there with him. A friend who was super encouraging of him. A friend he didn't necessarily have a lot in common with. But a friend who God had brought to him and now they were encouraging each other. And a good friendship that comes from God is going to nurture us to being a better person. Why is the church important? It's because we make each other better. Can churches be a, a negative place? They can be, but they shouldn't. I know a lot of churches, I've, I mean, I've walked through the doors of churches where it's just, it's just a negative culture. It's all about power. I've got pastor friends, that so that's all they deal with. Is, well, we ain't never done it like that before, pastor. Okay. Okay, so we're not looking to just to do the same thing over and over again, but that negative culture, we don't have it here. I, I think if I told y'all we was going to start doing square dancing every Thursday night, y'all would all show up. We're just like, hey, well, if God's going to use square dancing, let's do it. Huh, that's a new ministry idea. Let me write that down real quick. I'm not going to write that down. I did square dancing in fifth grade, and I didn't. My dance partner, she was pretty, but I, 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 I was done. You know, I, I, I just wasn't what I was into. I was all about the cabbage patch, you know. Okay, I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> but great relationships, they nurture us into being better. The church is important because we can nurture each other to being better. That, that as we're coming up on this, uh, this, this community outreach, we should be nurturing not only us, but the other churches to make them better too. And man, if you have to voice it out loud, voice it out loud, hey, we are not in competition with you. You love Jesus. We love Jesus. Let's tell people about Jesus. That's what the, we ought to be doing. You and I are called to that. We're called to nurture the people around us. A good friend nurtures people and makes them better. Man, I've got to tell you, i got friends in Christ who, because of their love for me, it makes me a better person. Because of their love for me and their prayers for me and their encouragement for me, it makes me a better person. And we need to be that type of person. We need to be that way. You guys are looking through these just five points kind of based off this story. We see all those examples in this friendship. We see that, that they had a relationship with God. We see that they didn't have a lot in common, but that didn't matter. We see that they thrive when they the center when they they made that commitment that hey we're going to be friends and we want god to be glorified in this relationship great relationships thrive when giving is practiced we're a person who gives and that last thing is, is man we just make each other better if we're glorifying god you take out any of these little pieces of problems i believe that but i think if we focus on these types of things as we're going into fall I mean, what I would love to see is just more people just getting together. We, we do small groups here, you know. We'll, we'll do, you know, like a short study or something like that. Those are great. But, man, what would be great is just seeing you folks just getting together and loving Jesus. <laughs> just being, you know, just living life and just loving each other and loving God and inviting people in. You know, I, I, what I think is interesting is a lot of times I've seen, this, I've seen this as a truth. I can invite people to church all day. 
and people won't come. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, why don't you come Sunday morning? Well, they always got an excuse. But man, if you're just going out to eat, people like to do that. Here's where that true friendship comes in. You invite people to eat with you. That opens the door to where you can have community right there. You can have that communion. You can have that, that, that coming together and God's in the middle and they see that and they have that opportunity to ask Christ into their heart. You got family members that don't know Jesus? Try something like that. Hey, invite me. I like to eat. Let's go eat some pizza somewhere, you know? God is so good and he's calling us to be true friends. Do you know Christ today? Because that's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. You know, as we're kind of wrapping up today, I, I was thinking about my life. Uh, last night I was up here kind of just walking around. <laughs> I just, I was lost in thought last night. And I'm <clears throat> I came up here and I was, I was thinking about my life. And uh, it's 43 years I've been alive today. 43. And, um, you know, we're not always promised tomorrow, are we? We're not promised tomorrow. And uh, 43 years of age, I was just walking around here and I was just thinking, man, God, you've been so good to me, but I want to be better. I want to be better. That, that Sometimes, you know, Teresa, it's like we go out and we work out and we just don't really hit what we want that day. I'm like that a lot of times. And I, and I think I was walking around last night and I was just kind of feeling that way too. Like, I want to be better, man. I, I'm glad our church is, is growing. I'm glad there's a good number of people. I'm glad there are people that love Jesus. But I want it to be better. And as a pastor, I want to be better. As a, as a preacher, I want to be better. As someone who goes out and just loves people that don't even know if I'm a pastor or not, I, I just want to be better. I want to be someone who's better for Christ. And I know we can, man, if if you were left last person in this world, you could still live for Jesus because of the Holy Spirit's work. But as I look across this crowd this morning, we don't have to be alone. We got every reason in the world to have friendship here. You know? The other night, we, uh, Joni, I went with her to a conference last Sunday night and Monday. We get back, Trampus is like, hey, we're going to build a shed with the fire department. And I'm like, Okay, so I showed up, right? You know, I literally just pulled into town and I shoved a couple pieces of pizza down my throat. I know that's healthy, but I did it. And then we go out there, but man, we had such a good time out there that night, you know? Pouring concrete. We, we started from the ground up and built a shed in one night. And it's pretty square. The, the concrete's pretty smooth, you know? It's got, it's got some uh, <laughs> wood chips in it and things like that, but that'll add to the texture. It's, it's what we like to call, you know, texturing in, in the business here. <laughs> Somebody had the bright idea, hey, we should all go in business building barns together. I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's how you get sued. You know? <laughs> That's called malpractice. But, but I was thinking, even then, you know, man, like, on the fire department, we have opportunity just to have friendships with guys and, and to go through bad stuff with guys. I, I worked a call this week that, you know, it, was, it didn't end good. And uh, it kind of stuck me a little bit. Man, I hate that for those people. And, and, and you go through those times with people, but, man, the friendships, if it's true, that encourages us. We're not alone. In the church, guys, you're not alone. You know, this fall, when you guys see a, a life group pop up, go join it. You see, I, I think there's going to be a, a pool party this week is what I heard. Is that right? I, I didn't go last week, but I'll go this week. Some of you are like, that's just not for me. Go sit on the side of the pool. Stick your feet in. We'll have a feet washing service. It'll be awesome. Show up. What, what do you mean, Daniel? That's how we get to know each other, being around each other. We can't, we've got this misconstrued idea that if we're friends on then we know that person. Ever had that, that situation where you're a friend with someone on Facebook and you see them in Walmart and it's just kind of awkward? Man, I've liked a lot of their stuff and I don't know anything about them. Because that, that's not the way God designed it. He didn't design us as good as social media can be. God didn't design us to be apart. He, he designed for us to be close together. The early church, that first century church, they had church in each other's homes. Where it says that they broke bread, they were literally eating together. That's personal. Joni said last night, man, Daniel, I, I just want to have some people over. I'm like, I, I do too. 
Because I think that that just shows that as, as friends, we're going to be close. You know, your house don't always have to be perfect, by the way. That food better be pretty good. But the, the house, you know, the, uh, I didn't get the yard. Don't worry about the yard. Don't, don't worry about, you know, just, just, just come together. And church, I think the call for us as a, as a body, because we've got to start somewhere, right? I look around, I see a lot of people that love Jesus. Man, that's great. I think we need to be loving each other. I think we need to be loving each other because I think if we really knew what was going on in our life sometimes, in the lives of the people around you, man, we understand that we need to be there to, to pray for each other, to encourage. I, I've, I've been the first, and a lot of times I've, I've been going through rough times, and in the church, here, your pastor, I'm going through rough times, I don't tell anybody. I'm just, I just suck it up. About killed me last January, by the way. Thought I was having a heart attack. I really thought I had physical problems. I go to the doctor, and her doctor's like, man, you got some stress. I'm like, you think? <laughs> She's like, you physically have high blood pressure right now. And it's because why? We hold it in. We're not designed to be Lone Ranger Christians. And I know a lot of times people are like, man, I just, I'm not all about this emotions and opening up and talking and stuff. I get it. Joni will tell you, I don't like to talk. about. I'll come home, and she's like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And she's like, well, if I ask Joni what's wrong with her, she wants to talk about it. Three hours later, we're still talking about it. And I love that woman for that. But, you know, we, we sometimes, just because our similarities are different, we just we negate the opportunity of friendship and relationship with each other. So if we love Jesus, I know we do, a good place to start is encouraging each other. And in those times of encouragement, we bring people alongside us and we encourage them too. Maybe people that don't even go to our church or go to church at all. How good is God? Well, I don't know, Daniel, man. This, this is asking a lot of us as a church. I know it is, but it's not like, it's not like we're not going to heaven or anything. <laughs> it's not like our salvation is for eternity or anything. It looks like we'd be a little more grateful and say, you know, Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's canvas this town and let's be the weirdos who go and knock on someone's door and say, hey, we love Jesus. We want you to love Jesus. Come eat with us. We love Jesus. We want you to love Jesus. Come, come to church with us. Come to Silver Dollar City with us. I think it would be awesome if Purim First Baptist Church invaded Silver Dollar City this fall. I think that would be great. Joni and I, we were driving around the night and we were over in Greenleaf, and they have these little nice cabins and stuff. I was like, man, it'd be great if, like, we just, instead of going to church, we all just came over here one Sunday. Put a sign on the door, of course. Hey, we're, we're at Greenleaf. Y'all come over there. Catch our live stream. But God's calling us to be true friends. Guys, go home and look at this again. Kind of pour over this again. You know, I, I kind of just ran through it this morning, but don't just, don't just, Know this now, but practice it. Because I guarantee you, everybody here is like, I got friends that I could be a better friend to. And it cultivates us as we know God. It, it cultivates us, and then we can go out and we can cultivate new relationships. We can lead more people to Jesus. I would like nothing more than to have this place packed two or three times a Sunday. And I know we're like, man, that's, that's a lot of work, because then you're going to have to have some people are going to have to come early, and some people have to come, you know, that, that, that it's going to require this or that or the other. It's going to maybe a bigger building. What, Daniel, we don't want that. No, that's exactly what we want. And not so that we can brag. It's not because we're in competition with anyone. It's because we just want more people to know about Jesus. And if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pack this place by the power of the Holy Spirit so that people can hear about Jesus. Would you pray with me? God, I love you. Thank you for your goodness and grace. And Lord, you've equipped us. We're, we are a whole lot like Jonathan. That, that we're, we're a child of the king. And, and you've, you've, you've equipped us with these wonderful things. And, and we, have, we have friends that just need to be loved. Lord, as we kind of looked at these five points this morning about what a, a great relationship is, is, is based on, Lord, I pray that you would just send us forth to the world to, to be good friends to those around us. Lord, I believe you're calling us to, to not just keep this awesome thing called salvation to ourselves, but you're calling us to go into the world. You're calling us to love those in our fellowship here. God, would you, would you, 
Would you raise us up today to go forth? Raise us up to go forth and just to be powerful by the power of the Holy Spirit through the shed blood of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Would you do that, God, in this place this morning? In your most holy name, amen. Number 312. Creator of the universe is calling us to be bold as he calls us home today. I believe he also calls us bold. And all is a believer in Christ, you're going home. You read the book of Revelation. What is God's opinion on reformed people? It's not a good one. Jesus said that, you know, if you're lukewarm, nobody likes that. I, I'm going to spit you out. I'd rather you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. As believers in Jesus Christ, I believe we're called to be bold, to go forth and to do great and mighty things for His glory. This, this week, think about your friendships. Talk about those people around you to those people around you. <laughs> and go and love these people that need to know Jesus. Look around you in this sanctuary today. There are people that need friendship. They need encouragement. Let's do that each other. Amen. We've got everything we need because we are children of God. Let's be brave.